0: The whole world is feeling the effects of rising food costs and food insecurity. In Europe, the price of budget food in supermarkets has risen by 17% this year, sadly forcing some people to skip meals so they can afford to pay their bills. And in the UK alone, supermarket inflation has soared towards 15% in 2022, driving up the average consumer food bill by £682 per year Money which people just don't have. Now, I'm really sorry to start the podcast with such a difficult message, but to say we're in a crisis is an understatement. But in every crisis lies a seed of opportunity for change and innovation. And all over the globe, problem solvers are stepping forward, helping consumers take back control of their money and their diets. In today's episode, we're joined by two changemakers who will be sharing grocery saving tips and cheap recipes so you can keep your bills low and your stomachs full. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Eastland, and welcome to the Food Fight podcast. The first of our guests is Stacey Williams, Head of Customer Relation and Business Development at Gander. Ganda is the first automated mobile platform to sell reduced food before it goes to waste, essentially helping consumers save money on their groceries and also reducing their environmental impact. I cannot wait to hear more about this platform. Stacy. it is a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Hi, really good to meet you, Matt, and likewise, Mitch. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to the event. Great stuff. Thanks, Stacy. I'm
0: also joined by TikTok chef, author and king of Fiverr Meals, Mitch Lane, a.k.a. Meals by Mitch. Mitch started making TikTok videos of his cooking as a bit of fun throughout lockdown, but now has a following of over 1.1 million people and provides tips for affordable cooking to families in times of crisis. Now a published author with his book Bon Appetit, Mitch is keen to help more people save money in the kitchen and most importantly, eat food which makes your stomach feel good. Great to have you on the show, Mitch.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Matt, and uh, nice to meet you too as well, Stacey. It's good to be here.
0: Thanks very much, guys. So let's talk about the situation we're all in. So rising food prices are causing a whole host of problems across the globe. Like I was saying, I was reading the 2022 Global Food Crisis Report. Some of the headlines are really, really shocking. So you've got. 205 million people who are acutely food insecure and in need of urgent assistance globally. And in the UK, the Food Foundation charity has found that hunger levels have more than doubled since January 2022, with nearly 10 million adults and 4 million children unable to eat regular meals in October this year due to increased prices, which is really, really sad. And it just kind of seems that for a lot of people out there that food is turning from a necessity to a luxury that they really just can't afford. So why are prices going up so much in our shops? And what's responsible for this situation?
1: Well, I think obviously we've got the war in Ukraine, which has a massive effect on price inflation because that's the knock on effect to the energy suppliers. And obviously everything we produce in the world is all down to energy. So those costs are always gonna sort of be Fed on further down the chain, and I think, you know, I think retailers are trying their best at the moment to try and, you know, mitigate that as much as possible. But ultimately, you know, they're trying to improve the lives of the the people that are working for them as well. So, you know, they're making sure that they're they're raising that, you know, the amount that people are paid to try and sort of offset the inflationary pressures they're encountering. know and i think there's an awful lot of retailers that are also supplying advances in payment as well so that they don't get into trouble from a financial point of view so i think everybody is desperately trying to play their part with this you know and obviously there is government support and you know i'm not here to politically talk about whether it's good enough but ultimately i think you know whatever we can do collectively supporting each other in the community it's a really important thing to do. And just seeing what Mitch has done, that's, that's helping people. And likewise, you know, technology can also help people and, and get them perhaps the best deals that they possibly can to help save them money.
0: Thanks, Stacy, And Mitch, from all your followers, being, you know, what are people telling you, you know, why are they struggling so much?
2: It's mainly down to just the cost of living in general. To be honest, it's tough out there for people. Unfortunately, people aren't in a position to be picky these days with what they can and can't afford to eat. They just want things that are cheap simple and tasty ultimately they're trying to make the budget stretch as far as humanly possible every time i seem to go in the supermarkets i've noticed everything creeping up and up and up and it seems to be just across the board as well it's the fresh stuff the meats even the tinned foods every it's only little increments here and there but every time i go in every week without fail something has gone up at some point it's just a shame people's salaries ain't creeping up at the same rate. That's where ultimately they are the issue. But people want this time of year, I think people want like winter warmers, you know, like homemade stews, slow cooker meals, because they just make you feel so good, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of people are eating food like that out of necessity, really, because it's cheap. Vegetables are cheap and yeah, ultimately it's a, it's a big problem.
0: You know, and I really hope as well that through through this episode and through all the other great work that you're both doing, we can really help people there. And Mitch, just sort of staying with you, so you know, like I said, you've got a million followers on TikTok, and I was kind of reading about your story, where you've come from and where you are now. So, can you just sort of unpack it for us? What, how did this all happen?
2: It, to be honest, it's, life's got a funny way of working out, hasn't he? It started off in the first lockdown, where my daughter was pestering me to get on TikTok. She was going crazy, she's like, come on, get on TikTok. And I just, I didn't know what TikTok was. I hadn't got a clue, I just thought it was like one of those dancing apps, to tell you the truth. Like, where people are like prancing around the garden during lockdown and doing like, things like that. In the end, she twisted my arm. I thought, okay, I'll get on TikTok with you then. I, I, I did my dad dancing with her. Press up challenges, you name it. Honestly, some of the stuff she had me doing was like, I mean, none of them videos are available now. Put it that way because that's how embarrassing (laughs) there was. Just deleted off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. And one day I thought, I'm cooking up a chili con carne. I'm just going to video. I'm just going to show people how I do it. So I did that. I did the voiceover. I uploaded it to TikTok, and next thing you know, it's kind of blew up. And I'm like, what's going on here, like? because it weren't anything fancy it was just a really basic meal and i think maybe that's what kind of propelled it into the popular as it got because people just want simplicity they want one pot meals they want just basic stuff that anybody can have a crack at really and that's what it kind of started off with and then one thing leads to another and i carried on doing more and more next thing you know hp custom content have approached me to do a cookbook with them and then um, we launched a cookbook then and yeah in february this year it was hp's biggest selling cookbook they were over the moon that, and so was i and i'm still been carrying on and one day someone come to me and said look mitch can you feed four people for under a fiver and i said yeah absolutely of course you can i did like a sausage casserole and it, everything fell within that fiver budget and it kind of went on from there. And the budget food kind of became more and more relevant as the cost of living has gone up and up and up. And I kept doing more and more because people were just requesting more and more. And it's kind of spurred on from there, really.
0: What an incredible story. And absolutely, your cookbooks now on my Christmas list. So, uh, you know, there's another sale for you. I mean, just very quickly, though. So you talk about, you know, you're known as the king of meals under a fiver, like you were saying, which is great. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. I mean, given the cost of living crisis, you know, how far can five pounds really go? Do you find it's getting harder and harder? It's
2: definitely getting harder and harder every time I look on the supermarket website because I try to get the prices of everything before I go in there so I know what I'm kind of working with, and um every time I go on there, something's gone up but I wanted to do it. I wanted to show people that you can actually make some incredible stuff for a fiver and you can feed your family for a fiver using very basic, humble ingredients. But I kept seeing all these budget meals where, like, people were saying, oh, just use this bit of balsamic vinegar in your pantry or use these chilli flags you've got in your pantry. I'm like, mate, don't expect me to have any of that. Don't expect (laughs) me to even have a pantry. Just don't expect people to have these things lying around. So I wanted... Everything to be included in that fiver budget. Well I even showed people the receipts as proof, so then I ain't trying to blag them. And it kind of went on from there where I wanted total clarity of the price. So they weren't like I oh, you know, it's two pound thirty per portion, but I'm expecting you to have 30 quids of ingredients already in your house. It was a fiver to feed four people, and that's where it really kind of came into fruition, really.
0: Amazing. Well, you know, big congratulations on all your success and, you know, well done for helping so many people, Mitch. And Stacey, coming to you, you know, I'm also really loving what Gander are doing. You know, it's such a simple but really significant innovation. Can you tell us about how the company started and, and you know, how you got involved?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Ashley was one of our founders. He came up with the idea when he was working in London. Ultimately, you know, he'd be finishing work every evening and sort of, you know, going to the local store to get something to eat for that evening. And he was always staggered by how many yellow label, you know, reduction items were there for customers. And ultimately, not many people there necessarily buying them. So he sort of thought, well, there must be a way of getting this over to a, a wider audience. And he sort of, after a while, I thought, well, there's a lot of apps that are starting to come around at that time. So this was around 2016, 2017, that sort of period of time. And eventually he sort of thought, right, what, what can I do about this? So he basically came up with the idea of having an app for consumers, but ultimately it's surfacing straight away in real time any items that are reduced in stores. So, and and obviously there was a lot of work involved in that. And at first point, it was a sort of manual element. So, you know, the, the retailers having to manually put it on, but obviously, you know, the feedback was, we're not going to do that, because that's taking more time to produce that in stores, it's going to cost more labor and everything else. So ultimately, it was right, how can we get this to work? So it was a case of actually integrating with the technology that's already in use within the you know supermarkets, retailers, whoever it might be. So therefore, it then feeds straight into our app and straight away, you know if, as soon as you've got that reduced item, whether it be a bag of chicken fillets or a bag of carrots, whatever it might be, it surfaced straight onto the app. And then the idea is that, and then literally how it works is that as soon as a customer goes in and purchases that, it comes off as well. So therefore, you're really confident that when you're viewing and seeing what all these reductions are, That they are available. So, you know, as long as you get down quickly enough to the store, you know, and we've made it fun, you know, you've got to get your skates on, there's only two left, you know, we have little straps like, you know, not all heroes wear capes at the end of the day. You're doing your bit to save the planet, but also saving money at the same time, you know, and I think it's really important that, um, you know, we get people into stores as well. So you can't purchase it through the app. Because we we strongly believe that we want customers to be going in and going into the retailers as well, because that's really important as well.
0: And can you just paint a picture for our listeners in terms of, you know, what does the platform look and feel like, you know, how does it actually work? So if I've just opened the app, what am I seeing and how does what should I do?
1: So if you open the app, you ultimately, you know, you can find out where your local stores are. So you, you register, obviously, where you are. We'll tell you straight away, unfortunately, if there are any retailers nearby you, but you know. Clearly, we'll let you know when some are. But when you go onto the app, you can literally filter for dietary preferences. You can put in the products that you're looking for. You can add items to your watch list so that you know if there's six items that have been reduced, add that to watch list. You know, it'll then let you know if if things are starting to sell out in case you can't get down to the shop straight away. It's not just a list of items and a load of words that you're looking at. You can see what the products are you can understand, you know, is it gluten free? So, you know, it's really important that and I think ultimately, it's about buying what you need. So you're not going to get any surprises, you know exactly what's available, and you can go in and purchase it. And it's very colourful at the same time.
0: I can see that I have downloaded it. I'm loving all the logos and everything you guys are doing. So uh, yeah, really well done. You know, again, well done to you both for all the great work that you're working on. Let's talk tips and tricks, shall we? And you know, let's start with saving money when you're out and about first of all let's talk food shopping so Stacey, if i can stay with you for a second given that we're just sort of leading into this anyway so your app gander claims that consumers who engage with the app have seen an average saving of 56 percent on their weekly food shop which really incredible can i ask you do you think there is a stigma around reduced food that is preventing more people from buying it
1: I think if you go back probably five to 10 years ago, I would agree. But I think that whole concept has changed now. And I don't think it's across any demographic either. I think ultimately, you know, lots of people would always want to deal. They always want a better price if they can possibly access it. that. And I think with the rise of the, the discount chains, you know, more and more people are shopping the, the discounters and it doesn't matter who you are. So I think, you know, when it comes to reduced food, I think it's exactly the same. And, and interestingly, even going back as far as well, I think it was 2017, Waitrose did a survey and they actually basically proved that it was destigmatized now. People aren't worried about buying reduced label food. And I think people, you know, are shopping sustainably. So actually they're seeing the benefits of actually you know, we can't keep throwing this out. It's worth purchasing, it's still great quality, and you're getting it at a better price.
0: Oh, that's really encouraging to hear. And you know, Mitch, is, is this something, you know, like buying reduced price food, is this something that you're constantly doing as part of your videos and, you know, what you're trying to show people? To be honest,
2: I, I try to buy everything at market value just so it's fair across the board for all the viewers. Because if I, if I can get I something on offer, that doesn't necessarily mean the person watching the video can get something on offer. So I try to make it so I buy everything at standard price, to be honest. I mean, if you can go into the supermarket and get it cheaper, winner even better you know you're going to save even more money i'd totally encourage that but for the sake of my videos and the sake of proving that it costs what it does i keep everything standard price so it's just total clarity really backing up what stacy says i don't think there's a stigma anymore i think people are struggling people are on the bread line and if there's anyone out there trying to make fun of people buying reduced items they need to get a wobble because it's just disrespectful People don't understand other people's circumstances, so it's best if they just keep their mouth shut and don't even
0: get involved with that. But, yeah, I don't think there's a stigma anymore as such. Good. It's really good to hear. And when you're shopping yourself, Mitch, how do you keep your spending so low? Do you have any major tips or or maybe you can point out any obvious things that we might be missing out on?
2: There's, there's obviously there's a number of things you can do. I think probably the obvious one is the batch cooking idea, bulk cooking. If you've got that expendable income to start with, like sometimes batch cooking ain't practical for everybody because they haven't got physically that that sum of money up front to buy bulk ingredients, batch cooking meal prep. But if you've got that money up front, batch cook and plan your meals for the week, cook it all up on a Sunday and prep, portion it out into containers, stick it in your fridge, stick it in your freezer, and you've got your meals for the week then. That's probably something I'd recommend as a big saver. But the other one as well is, I suppose, try and think of meals that have crossover ingredients. So like an example of that would be like a curry and a chili. the the both use onions, so you could buy a big bag of onions. They both use chilies, use chilies, garlic, Um, similar seasonings like chili powder, there's a number of things that can cross over and make similar meals from very simple ingredients. So I'd recommend doing Have a Think about what you like, I mean, and try and think of some crossovers. But um, I know it sounds crazy as well, but I'm guilty of it myself. Don't go into the supermarket hungry. It sounds like a saff thing to say, right? It's such a but good tip. seriously, but... the amount of times I've gone into a supermarket hungry and I'm just dashing everything in the trolley, like yeah. crisp and the car and you're dashing in all sorts of stuff. It's like your belly so takes true. over your brain. Yeah. I would say go in there on a full stomach because you'll start to look at something and say, oh, I don't really fancy that now. But if you're hungry you can honestly guarantee you'll be chucking in all them drumstick squashes, all them angel slices. You know you will. So going there on a full stomach as well.
0: Yeah, I am so guilty of that. I mean, right at the end of the day when if I don't have something before I get into the shops, oh my God, like you say, you just want carbs. And my girlfriend's always saying to me, she's like, what are you doing? Why have you, it's like Jack of the Beanstalk. I've just come back with all sorts of other stuff that I shouldn't have brought. Yeah, it's a really good tip that. And Stacey, on your side, I mean, any tips that you kind of see from your work you do or or maybe any kind of like tech or even low tech stuff that you think people should look towards to kind of help save the money in, in in shops, other than your great platform, of course.
1: Absolutely. No, I think there's a really good comparison site called Trolley, which I think is really useful. So, you know, especially if you do a weekly shopping, you're wanting to understand how to make your budget go further on, you know, the, all those staples that you constantly buy, at least then you can compare what is the best price at the various, you know, the big retailers at such that the people, you know, traditionally tend to go to. And I think, you know, to be fair to, to Martin Lewis, I think money saving expert, it's a really easy one stop shop for people. There's lots of, you know, cashbacks, coupons, you know, we don't have as much of the good old coupons on the back of packaging like we used to going back in the day. I'm old enough to remember that. But, you know, I think that's a good start certainly. And I think, you know, Mitch is absolutely right, you know, planning ahead and thinking about what your budget is for the week. Batch cooking is really important. If you, you know, if you've got the time to do that, why not? But I think you know, experiment also with your shopping habits. So if you've always bought, you know, a, a branded product, actually, have you considered an own brand label product? because quite, I mean, I think, what's it, what do they call it now? It's uh, downshifting. So, you know, again, just think, you know, make it a bit of fun, blind tasting with the family. Because actually, if it if they still like it and they're still enjoying it, and then you've saved yourself, you know, a pound or a couple of quid or whatever it might be, then, you know, that, that's a big saving over the year, just from one product. Just, you know, think differently when you go to the shops. And I think the old thing is with retailers, and you know, I come from that background, It's like anything, you know, eye level products in the supermarkets are often the most profitable ones. So think about the pricing, bottom shelf, the top shelf, have a good look at those. And and I think it's really important to look at the label. So don't be convinced that if it's on offer, it's the best offer. Actually look at the unit pricing, because quite often you'll find that actually per unit, it might be the one that's not on offer, which is actually the best value for you so uh yeah just be be savvy when you're shopping as well I say and, and one more tip I suppose from a bog off perspective only buy one and get one free if you really know you're going to use it and need it because quite often if it's fresh items if you don't end up using it all and it ends up going to waste then you know you, you haven't saved yourself any money and it just caused a, a further problem really
0: wise words yeah thank you both that's great and going from sort of supermarkets out to eating out you know we all love to go out to our favorite restaurants to eat but eating out let's be honest has also become super expensive as well so what advice would you give to people who are craving like a restaurant experience mitch
2: to be honest some of the quality of food you can make from home is on par if not better than restaurant food ultimately and if you've got, like, cravings for, I don't know, your favourite takeaway, like a KFC, for argument's sake, you could make your own knock-off, fake-away KFC for, like, a attempt for the price, really. I would say probably have a dabble in making your own takeaways. I did, like, a mini-series on my TikTok where I was doing knock-off Nando's and knock-off McDonald's and different things like that. And have a crack, uh, you know, have a go. Once you've got all the seasonings in your cupboards, you've got them, and it's just about buying the fresh ingredients then. So, have a crack. Don't be afraid to try new things at home and yeah, just be adventurous with it, I suppose, because you can go out and spend 40, 50 quid on a meal in a restaurant. And I mean, look at what you can get for 40 and 50 quid in the supermarket. It's night and day, really. You get so much more for your money. So I'd probably recommend, yeah, be adventurous, try new things. But going back to what Stacey was saying in the supermarket, down in regards to the brands buy the wonky veg as well honestly, just because it doesn't really look like a carrot, don't mean it don't taste like a carrot, they taste the same and I'd say the tin stuff as well, very similar in flavour, I would probably recommend that as well but yeah, be adventurous with what you cook at home and don't be afraid to try new things
0: Thanks Mitch, yeah and I'd totally back up just talking about with wonky veg, I mean You go to markets across Europe, you know, wonky veg is celebrated. That's what people are looking out for because it makes it, you know, it's homegrown. It's as nature intended. And for some reason, we've got to this place where everything has to look and feel like in a particular way, which is not helping.
2: No, I mean, once it's cut up, I mean, the wonky onions, for example, you're never really eating a whole onion, are you? So once it's cut up and it's in a meal, you'd never even knew it was wonky in the first place. So it tastes like an onion, doesn't look like an onion but people won't even know the difference. I'm buying the wonky stuff all the while.
0: Yeah, it's all good food in the end, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So we started to kind of talk about saving money in the kitchen then, and I guess, sorry, Mitch, still looking at you here, but can you give us some of your favorite recipes which are popular on your TikTok channel? You know, the ones which have gone down really well with your viewers.
2: Sometimes it's the ones you least expect that seemed to blow up and become popular, because I've uploaded stuff on there thinking, do you know what, I don't think that one's going to do very well, and the next thing you know, it's got like millions of views. There's no secret to the algorithm on there, it's just so random sometimes. But some of the nice ones, I've done like um, budget dirty rices, where I put like chorizo in there, veggies, peppers, seasoning. And it's all done in one pan as well. There's other stuff like chorizo pastas, homemade curries, homemade soups. And it's all stuff that you can do in one pan. So you're saving on, obviously, your utility bills. And it's simple as well. Like, if you've got one pan in front of you, anyone that's rubbish at multitasking, you've only got to look at one pan. And it's simple and anyone can have a crack at it. And I think that's probably... Part of the problem, I think sometimes people find it really daunting to cook. They're worried that, like, ah, oh, no, I've got to cook tonight. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, and then, like, they'll end up on just eating something, ordering in a kebab. But um, if it's simple and it's one pot, you've got to really just break it down to its basics. We're not doing anything fancy. We're putting some ingredients in a pan at the right time, and that's ultimately all it is. So it's simple and it's cheap. But some of the stuff I've done, people have to have a look at the videos, but there's some fantastic winter warmers on there. Some really, really cheap stuff. That's
1: fantastically comforting. Best thing for me, Mitch, is it saves on the washing up as well. Exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> Who wants to wash up a load of pots and pans? It's the worst part of cooking, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah. I've only got a small kitchen. I don't have a dishwasher, so everything's um,
0: all by hand. And... Same
1: here, I'm, I'm chief washer up.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> And on the one pot thing, do you find that that's actually encouraging people who may, you know, you were saying that people are a bit worried about it. Do you think that's like a good entry point for anyone who's like a, you know, really a very, very kind of early stage cook or maybe hasn't cooked before? Are you finding that actually just saying to people, it's one pot, just put everything in there. Is that actually then encouraging people to start cooking, becoming more adventurous? Is that where everyone should start basically?
2: Absolutely absolutely because even down to just the equipment they have some people might only have one pan and i'd like to say 99 percent of people have got a hob in their house so they've got those basic pieces of equipment to cook up something simple and i just start with very humble fresh ingredients that are cheap and kind of build on that really look for simple recipes and you know then build up time. like no one's expecting a novice cook to come in straight away and make a full-blown sunday roast where there's pots and pans everywhere and your timings are all off and that. Yeah, do something simple in one pan, keep it cheap, keep it simple and kind of progress at your own pace.
0: Love it. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, simple is best, right? And Stacey, we, we sort of talked a little bit about food waste and I know that you you know food waste really well in, in terms of the, the Gander app and what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, One of the things that's been really confusing to people over the years is best before dates what's your take on them you know and should we be keeping to best before
1: i think there's been a sort of a misconception throughout the food industry really and and probably with consumers for a long time that you can't eat food after the best before dates passed and it's simply not true you know it is only a sign of quality it's nothing to do with food safety at all. And I think, you know, ultimately, Best Before is just an in indication to say, look, this is, will be the time. And when it passes, it, it won't be at its prime quality that it used to be. It's just common sense at the end of the day. You know, it's the visual and smell test. Just look at the food. If you're happy with it, use it there's nothing wrong with it and that goes for you know produce as well and i think to be fair retailers have done quite a good job with removing an awful lot of best before dates and there's been mixed reviews about that certainly but i think it is the right way to go in the long run and ultimately even with used by dates it doesn't necessarily click over at midnight that night again it's just a little bit of a common sense approach you think it's absolutely fine there are certain foods that you've got to be really careful with but again just use your eyes and your sense as well and taste
0: got it thanks and i love the fact you, you brought around sort of common sense thinking into all of this i think we mentioned it just as we were starting the show so we've had um we had a food historian on a previous episode dr annie gray i think it was episode 28 where we were talking about kind of food waste and you know what people in past times would do which actually these days you know would feel quite innovative but actually at the time it was just based on necessity one of the things she was sort of talking about was very much about better storage of food making good use of leftovers you know just energy saving tips whilst cooking at front of mind for you both any sort of advice for people around storage, leftovers, or sort of energy saving in the kitchen. Mitch, what about you?
2: Yeah, I think um, it grieves me to throw away any leftovers. Like, absolutely grieves me. If there's any leftovers from tea time, I'll always be putting it in a Tupperware container, taking it to work the day after, and having it for my dinner. I feel no shame in that. It's still fine the next day. Stick it in the microwave, it's good. In regards to leftovers, and you could be a little bit more innovative with in your leftovers. Like, for example, if you've cooked up a Sunday roast, a lot of the time there's a lot of wastage from a Sunday roast, so a lot of leftover veg, a lot of leftover meat, roast potatoes, you know, and there's always something there, isn't there? So you could arguably make, like, a bubble and squeak, topped with a fried egg, you know? You've got a new meal there for Monday, just on leftovers. You can make Yorkshire pudding wraps, from the leftovers stick a big Yorkshire pudding in the oven yeah have something like that just be creative with it I suppose and think well what can I do with all that leftovers because I hate throwing food away like you're looking and you think it's such a waste so always trying to make something from the leftovers is a great idea and you'd be surprised what you can do sometimes
0: yeah actually I remember one of the best things I did is after I think it was Christmas last year there's so much leftover I just ended up putting it all in a pie. And it was like one of the best pies I've ever had. So it was you know, incredible, like a Christmas pie. It was great. And what about you, Stacey? Anything else that you think people should be thinking about?
1: I think ultimately, sometimes you can just do like a, a set every a day, every week that you use everything up and make it a challenge and make it a bit of fun with the family as well. Right, what are we actually going to do with all this? You know, let's have a good look through the fridge. And I think actually looking through your fridge on a regular basis you know, just understand, right, actually, what have I got in there? Because there's always something tucked at the back that you've forgotten about. And then it gets to the stage, well, oh, I really can't do anything with that now. So just management of your fridge is, is really important. And I think if you've got a freezer, absolutely use it. That's, that's what it's there for. Because if you know something is coming to the end of its life, but you can freeze it and then use it at a later date, always a good one to do. You know, there's lots of great, tips on the internet for better ways to store things you know ideally actually you shouldn't put mushrooms in a fridge but we all do and I, quite often I end up well you know oh those mushrooms are completely gone now they're past what I could do but actually they should be stored out of the fridge in a paper bag and actually that's the best way so just get some top tips things that you know are always constantly going off in your fridge think like what can I do to put that right And 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 find some information out
0: Thanks Stacey. You're right there is so much out there and I think we can all do you know so much better in this space which you know is one of the great things about you know when you're in a time of crisis you you really do need to think innovatively. This is one of those things that personally I do think we can do more here to help the cost of living crisis. So one of the examples we we have at EIT Food so we've been supporting an enterprise where we're taking wonky veg uh, like you were saying Mitch which is actually going to go to landfill or be ploughed back in and then we're turning it into smoothies and soups which is then sold through social enterprises to be like a really really cheap so that everybody gets access to affordable and nutritious food and it's things like that which are really you know helping struggling families across europe and going forwards i think you know we need to see more ideas like this emerging to fix the crisis so you know i was wondering do you have any kind of thoughts about going forwards what kind of other innovations we should be seeing in this space what about you stacy things to help
1: us i think things like you know that watch mitch and what he's doing i think often retailers are doing a really good job of putting things on on their websites and they've probably got recipe cards and, and ideas in store but actually becoming ever more digital so I think ultimately it's how we get to that wider consumer market through social media and I think that's probably where looking at food waste engaging people getting that message out there is so important and and I think that's still a struggle at the moment if I'm being really honest and it's you know how can we harness like Mitch with a million followers and other people like him to really sort of cascade that information because i think you know most people are looking at that rather than necessarily looking at perhaps more old-fashioned ways of doing things
0: thanks stacy and i guess mitch you'd probably agree right we need to be more vocal using platforms like tiktok and just getting the message out there
2: absolutely ultimately it's the future these days isn't it everybody's glued to social media everybody's always scrolling through facebook or tiktok or instagram so Those are the places, really, to really get it in people's faces. Yeah, totally back up what Stacey says, really. Something I would say as well is if, look, for God's sake, if you've ever got something in your fridge or you've got food that you know you're not going to be able to eat, you might be going away somewhere, whatever, just give it to the food bank. Look, there's that many people, right, using food banks these days. Give it to the food bank. And for anybody using a food bank, never feel ashamed. Never feel ashamed because I think sometimes there may be a little bit of a stigma there. But yeah, don't be afraid if you're on the bread line and you're struggling to make ends meet and you're wondering if you can put a meal on the table for your kid. Don't even think twice. Go to the food bank and get what you need. So that's something I really would encourage as
0: well yeah totally agree Mitch and it's you know very good words and and I guess the other thing as well which is you know a whole nother area is like community food sharing so we've had um, Tessa Clark from Olio the app on the show before where you know if like you say if you're going away and you've got something in your fridge but it's still good you can just stick it on the app and people come and pick it up too good to go you know restaurants when they're about to close they they massively discount food all of that is great because like we're saying this is good food and it just shouldn't go to waste
2: well i mean if you look at things like i don't really know certain companies policies but i mean greg's or like you know bakeries whatever if they've got stuff on the shelf at the end of the day that they know they're going to just dash in the bin why not take it somewhere take it just give it away it's far better in someone else's mouth than in the bin. So I, I don't know, obviously, I might be speaking out of turn there. Some companies may already do that. But I'd definitely be encouraging, if you've got leftovers, take them somewhere, take them somewhere where someone, either homeless or someone that physically can't afford to put a meal on the table can go and have something to eat.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I know more and more companies are doing this. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure and demand there for, for companies to do better, for sure.
1: There's certainly a lot of food being redistributed by nearly all retailers now, I think, you know, they generally are doing a, a good job at that. But I think, you know, it's also down to us as individuals, you know, I'm a firm believer that look, if we've cooked up a load of food, just think who your neighbours are as well, because actually, perhaps those more elderly in the community, it's nice thing to check in on them. You know, if you've cooked up a batch of food, why not pop a portion around for them? Because you, just don't, you don't know, they might be struggling, they'd probably be too proud to even say. And you know, it's just a goodwill gesture, especially with this, you know, Christmas coming up. It's always a good time to get to know your neighbors.
0: Absolutely. There's such lovely guys on the podcast today. You guys are amazing. So we've actually just hit over 100 episodes on the podcast, which, you know, never really thought we'd get there. It's amazing. And to celebrate that at EIT Food, we're going to be sharing our own 100 ingredients for the future food menu to help spice up people's recipes, but also whilst making them more healthy and sustainable. So that episode's actually going to be coming out next year and I'm really looking forward to everyone hearing about some of the weird and wonderful ingredients that you can expect to see on your shelves and plates in the years to come. And we hope that will give people some interesting options when they're shopping and spark an interest to think about like new foods. So as part of this as almost like a trail towards it, you I mean Stacy, what do you hope to see being sold in supermarkets in the future? You know, what are there any kind of new ingredients or new uh, products that you're seeing that you think, yeah, we should be seeing a lot more of that?
1: I think it's probably not necessarily about new products. I think it's just making sure that, you know, those really important staple products are available to all. I think that's key. And, I, you know, i It's interesting that which have come up with a 10 point plan, which they're obviously keen for people to get all retailers involved with that. And it's almost making sure that, you know, these staples and whether it be, you know, budget essentials, whatever you want to call them, are easily accessible and in the right quantity so that they're not sold out you know and supply chain is a very complex business at the end of the day but you know almost you know there will be very affluent areas that might not necessarily need those in the same quantities in those stores so actually what about redirecting allocation to the right areas so there's it's always implantable supply so i think that's you know a key one for me and i and i think what we'll probably see is a real sort of drive with sustainability so actually how sustainable is the the product that you're buying we've all been guilty of probably buying you know produce from all over the world and that, and that will continue but it's almost just think about how we're shopping you know what are the food miles involved because it will have a, a massive effect for the long term you know, our children and grandchildren
0: yeah love it and mitch are you seeing this as well that you know are you encouraging people to shop locally and do you think that that's supporting more local businesses
2: yeah i think if you can and those businesses are local to you then absolutely i'd definitely encourage supporting local businesses it just kind of depends where you live it's all circumstantial isn't it really some people live miles and miles away from supermarkets so they do do that they do support their local business some people haven't got access to that so it's just totally circumstantial but i definitely encourage it yeah definitely
0: and mitch as part of our um a hundred ingredients for the future food menu, which is coming out. We were wondering if you'd be okay if we set you a bit of a challenge. So we were hoping that maybe you could do a video for us of like a really tasty, healthy and affordable meal, but which has got no meat in it, You know, so a bit more sustainable, but make it under a fiver. Do you think you could do that for us?
2: Absolutely, there's there's endless amounts of things that are meat-free, that are vegetarian, vegan, you name it, that we can do for under a five. So, yeah, absolutely. No problem at
0: all. Amazing. Okay, looking forward to that. So there you have it for listeners. That's something you can tune into Mitch's channel for on TikTok hopefully soon. And folks, that's that's about it. You know, what a lovely way to finish. And we really hope that everybody today listening in has learned some money-saving tips that is going to keep uh, you know, everybody's families happy and healthy. So I just wanted to say thank you both for your incredible input today. To wrap up, where can listeners go to find out more information about what you do? Stacey, what about you?
1: I'll simply go to our website, so www.gander.co, and you can contact us through the website. But it tells you everything about the app, how to download it. So that's the best place to, to source it.
0: Amazing. And Mitch, what about you? Really simple, really. I'm
2: on TikTok. There's Meals by Mitch. Just search Meals by Mitch. All of my videos will come up. I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, search Meals by Mitch. It'll come up as well. And all of my tutorials on budget food and all my videos are on both the Instagram and the TikTok. So, yeah, just go and have a look. And there's a bit of something for everybody. If you're vegetarian, there's vegetarian stuff. If you love your meat, there's plenty of meat products Yeah, you name it, there's healthy stuff, there's non-healthy stuff, there's a total variety.
0: So, yeah, if you're looking to save some money anyway, go and have a look. Great, thanks very much, Mitch. And that just leaves me to say a big thank you to Stacey and Mitch, and thank you everybody for listening in. This has been the Food Fight Podcast. As ever, if you'd like to find out more, head over to the EIT Food website at eitfood.eu, and please also join the conversation by the hashtag EIT Food Fight on our Twitter channel at EIT Food. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.